Good morning, everybody. I start like that every week, don't I? Of course, it's only good morning if you're watching this in the morning, uh, but I suppose I'm particularly thinking of you who are going to be uh, watching and listening live on this Sunday morning, the first Sunday in 2021. Uh, January the 3rd, so um, welcome to a brand new year. And we've got to say, uh, for many of us, we'll have just been kind of tiptoeing into this year very carefully and very cautious. A lot have been saying, yeah, goodbye 2020 and, uh, and a sort of looking forward to 2021 and what that holds for us. So um, uh, welcome to you for joining us. Thank you for saying hello there. I see your names pop up, which is encouraging to me and uh, also to encouraging to other people who are watching and listening in today um, as well. Um, also, welcome to you if you're watching at a different time of the week or year. Um, we hope that what we share together um, in this talk and this time together will encourage you, will inspire you, will comfort you, all those sorts of things. So, um, yeah, so here we are. Um, of course, some of the sad news is as we enter 2021, we've had to close our church building for corporate worship. We're still open for private prayer three mornings a week. But in terms of our gathering together physically for worship, you know, we've made the real tough decision as a, a church leadership and church council to once again pause our live interactive corporate worship on a Sunday morning just because we're in this tier four thing various levels of concern and, and I personally don't want to look back in some weeks and somebody's got ill and we're thinking why did we do that instead of just pausing and trusting God um, yeah so you know we are mindful of those who aren't able to join us online who maybe don't do the digital things so please regular church family members do be praying for one another do be looking out for each other think about who you could phone up and encourage you know, who have you missed, who have you not seen for a while? So let's be hugely loving like that and understanding of one another um, during this next month and see what happens. And we'll keep you posted. We're going to keep an eye on things. Um, I can say that we've got lots of fantastic plans for our church family, whether we're online or meeting in purpose, uh, meeting in person, I mean, um, where leadership we're really encouraged about the way God's leading us in some of the, some of the things that we're going to be um, doing this year. So more of that to come at another time. But for now, welcome to all of you. If this is your first time with us, thank you so much for joining us. I've been trying to encourage people at the beginning of the new year, maybe this is a time just to, to, to look, to think about life and about where the whole kind of spiritual aspects of our lives um, could grow um, during this year. So um, some of you, of course, will have been making New Year's resolutions and all that kind of stuff. Some of you might have given up on that. You know, all the stats show that, you know, we typically last three or four weeks of these new things we're going to try. But nevertheless, it is a brand new year. It is a good opportunity to think hard and well and prayerfully about what is it that we want for ourselves and our families in 2021, particularly when we're not sure, you know, what's on the horizon. So we're going to be together um, and we're going to share the story of the wise men um, coming to visit Jesus and we're going to see how this bit of the Christmas story can shape our 2021. Just before we crack on with that, um, to say that um, after this time, the talk, um, I'll be opening up our Zoom coffee and chat. Um, the invite should hopefully come up on the comments there. Any of you want to come and join me, 
uh, for a little bit. We're together half an hour max. Um, you'd be very, very welcome. So I think before uh, we crack on with our story of the wise men, which is going to come from Matthew 12, verse 1, I'm going to take a bit of it at a time, then talk through a bit of the story, then come back to a bit of the story. Um, I think today I'm going to pray as we, as we have this first Sunday of the year. So dear God, thank you for being with us during our Christmas time. Thank you for being with those of us that were with family. Thank you for, we, we hope, being with those who spent a lot of the day on their own uh, and being with them. Thank you for this brand new year. And we pray that you would help us to be searching and seeking something deeply meaningful and truthful and peace-bringing at the start of this year, something that will sustain us. So, Lord, help us as we open up our Bibles or listen to these stories, whether we're believers or we're not believers, whether we're full of faith or whether we're sceptical and doubtful today. Thank you that we are here listening and we just ask that this would be good for us uh, and good for you. Amen. So, um, here we go then. So Matthew 12, um, beginning at verse 1. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who was born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. So, And some verses say when it rose in the east. So as we travel with the wise men, we're going to be thinking about what we learn about God and ourselves far away in the east, rising of the star, what we learn when they get to Jerusalem and then what we learn when they get to Bethlehem. So that's how we're going to go today. So what we learn then about um, what happens in the east and the rising of the star, what we learn there straight away is that Jesus is for everyone because God's love is for everyone. This is Matthew's Gospel. In Luke's Gospel, in the story, the first visitors to come to visit Jesus. Can you remember who were the ones that came? Yes, you are correct. They were shepherds, outcasts, those on the margins, those who were seen as being religiously unclean. They are the first people who get to see Jesus, the newborn king. And here in Matthew's Gospels, the first visitors are those who come from a distance, those who see a star in the east, maybe they're from the east, who have to travel from beyond another faithful, uh, from, from another faith tradition perhaps. And they're going to travel through into a different culture, a different language and come across all those potential barriers and boundaries following this star. And they're going to come on their journey to discover the truth. What we learn is in the east is that Jesus is for everybody, not just for those who are considered to be part of the religious in crowd, if you like, that God is, and Jesus are for everybody. And God is free in his love to give invitations and signs and post stars in the sky to whomever he likes, that they might seek and discover him. And we do God a disservice when we think that only particular people are going to discover God, that and they'll only do that through particular ways that we might prescribe. You know, we'll get them into a church service. We'll get them to meet some particular Christian. We'll get them on an Alpha course. You know, we'll get them to tune into Mount's uh, live stream on a Sunday morning. Now, all those things can be great things, but God is not bound by the way that we Christians think 
people are going to discover the truth of Jesus Christ. God doesn't belong to the church. He doesn't belong to Christians. His love is wild and free, adventurous and brave. So that's what we learn about God in this story from the rising of the star in the east, that God's far away from the important kind of religious hub of things, Jerusalem, if you like. He's doing something wild and free, way out there. His love is wild, adventurous and brave. And that is so encouraging to know that that's what God's like. He'll do his thing the way he chooses to do it. And what we learn in the East then is that, yeah, God's love is for everybody. We celebrate that. But we also learn in the East something about ourselves. Well, something about those wise men and, and maybe something about ourselves as well. That what we learn there is that God's signs, <coughs> his invitation, if you like, is met by those who, in this case, search deeply and urgently and willing to travel, to leave home, leave behind something and to travel, to discover. They don't they maybe know where they're going, but willing to get on the journey. So what do we learn about God and ourselves in the East where the star rose, that God's love is for everybody and that God honours those who will seek and follow the signs that he gives them. So question, how am I going to seek God in 2021? How are we going to seek God in 2021? It will mean, just like any of those resolutions that we've made, maybe to change our lifestyle a bit in terms of our diet or alcohol intake or, you know, exercise or people we're going to spend time with or things we're going to do less of, you know, kinds of stuff we're going to watch on TV or not going to watch in TV for this year. All those sorts of things. We know it's going to take effort. It's going to take, um, you know, having a particular mindset might be one of the sort of buzzwords that we use. Uh, to change and so too with discovering and seeking after God in 2021. You know, how are we going to flourish in our inner spiritual life? It may take time, it may mean changing a habit, it may mean creating some space. So more of that maybe to come in, in the weeks ahead but you know maybe just even now you might think what could be different Maybe just 10 minutes at one point in the day, if you can carve that out, depending on what your family and life and home situations like, 10 minutes just to sit and be still and to say, God, here I am. Please lead me into this year. Show me, help me to believe and trust in you. Give me a sign, God, that you're there. Maybe just doing that for 10 minutes every day will be the beginning of the journey for us. And for those of us who definitely believe in God, who are trying to be with Jesus, be like Jesus, do the things Jesus would do if he was living our lives today. You know, there's something particular here for us today. This story does flag up a vital role for us in 2021, but I'll come to that in a few minutes time. So we're moving from the east where the star came up and what we learned about God and ourselves there. And now we come to what we learn in Jerusalem. So the story continues. Matthew 2 verse 3. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. So this is a, a prophecy from the, uh, the scripts that they had 
uh, we would now call the Old Testament. You, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. So there's that sign somehow from long ago, like many scriptures that kind of prophesied and foretold the coming of a Messiah, Jesus. Then Herod, verse 7, called the Magi, the wise men, secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report back to me so that I too may go and worship him. Mm. Yeah, we who have heard this story a few times might not be so sure that Herod's being completely sincere and honest and open, transparent here, do we? So what have we learned in Jerusalem? The wise men have been following the star that rose in the east and they followed it and now they've come to Jerusalem. But here we discover that our human wisdom will only get us so far in the search for truth. I can imagine if we were going on this journey with those wise men, and you know, sometimes we think there were three of them because there were three gifts that will be given towards the end of this part of the Christmas story. But the likelihood there was a lot more of them, maybe, maybe loads of them, maybe tens of them, uh, are travelling in a, and the term was caravan, that doesn't mean a modern caravan with two wheels, one axle, that sort of thing. It means a whole group of people, camels and other animals and supplies and a whole journeying, travelling pilgrimage, if you like. Um, but they get to Jerusalem, but they're not yet at Bethlehem, where the real action is. There's something supernatural that happens about that star appearing again and leading them that will be necessary. So they get to Jerusalem, they're having this conversation with Herod. Herod's trying to work out some stuff for them. You know, it could be, you know, they made a mistake. It could be that they thought, well, you know, Jerusalem's got to be where it's at. They would have maybe known or discovered that it was a place of, you know, um, a really important place for the Jewish people. All that Jewish history, the centre of the faith, temples, city walls, all that stuff, you know, following the start, Jerusalem's got to be where it's at. But there was more that they were going to discover, but at least they've been on the journey, haven't they? I've always, I always love it when I hear someone say, when I've been talking about faith over the years, that there's something about the way they are opening up or maybe even saying, well, there must be more to life. I'm not sure if I believe Malcolm. I'm not sure about this God, blah, blah, blah. But there's got to be more. When I look up and I see the stars or I sit next to a river or I see a kingfisher or, you know, I see a child smiling or, uh, or there's laughter. Or I just find myself laughing or, you know, all those sorts of things. There's got to be more. There's got to be more to life. I love it when people are saying that. I love for people to discover the God who longs for a personal relationship with each of us. The God who at Christmas comes to us wrapped up in vulnerable human flesh. The one who in Christ will die for us instead of us. But that's a later bit of the story in a few weeks when we get to Easter. So, you know, what we learn in the story that, you know, our human wisdom can only get us so far. We can do all the searching. We can do reading. I encourage all those sorts of things. But there comes a time when some other information is going to be necessary. In this term, it was those people in Jerusalem who did know something about Bethlehem. And there was the star that rose again, which they will now follow. So there's something about that searching which we encourage and applaud. But there's more to come. Sometimes we get stuck in Jerusalem, so to speak. The second thing we learn in Jerusalem is that, you know, some humility 
is required. You know, maybe they have made a mistake in thinking Jerusalem is where it's going to be at. Maybe they've kind of got stuck there. Mistakes will happen. It's about what we do with them. I was reading yesterday the story of a leading British politician who was interviewed on a radio talk show. You know, he had opposed the British entry to the European Union in the 1970s, but then many, but a couple of decades later, he became Europe, a European Commissioner. One of the bureaucrats who ran uh, was not, uh, you know, the whole European enterprise. The caller said to him, "How can you represent an organisation you used to oppose?" And the politician replied brilliantly, when I realised I'd made a mistake, I changed my mind. What do you do? The caller had nothing to say. The wise men maybe made a mistake. And three times in the story, we see how they display amazing humility. And maybe that's what's necessary for us coming into this new year, search again for truth, particularly when we look back to 2020 and we think about how so many things didn't work out, how our best laid plans didn't happen, how we felt we were out of control. And many of us found that, you know, our, our lives and our circumstances were stripped bare, if you like, as we know people were lost, lives were lost, you know, health was lost, um, education pathways were messed up. Um, you know, people were made redundant, put on furlough. So many things that we thought we were in control of fell away. And so maybe now we are having to exercise a little humility and say, you know what, Malk, I realise I'm not in control of my life. And I discovered that a long time ago, but sometimes I still try and grasp onto the idea that I'm the captain of my soul. I'm not. So the wise men three times display humility. First time, and they're even setting off to discover the king. It's likely that they were rich, well-educated, whatever they're kind of being magi, astrologers, you know, they knew stuff. Um, they would have been sought out as being wise people, uh, but they are humble enough to see a star and to follow something. At the end, they will bow down and worship Jesus. That's going to take some humility. But for now, in the middle of the story at Jerusalem, the humility to face a possible mistake and go with a change of plan. Are you and me up for that, that we might have traveled so far on a journey through life. And we discovered that actually, whether we're in our 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s or beyond, actually we realize we thought we had it sorted. But of course, the older we get, we realize that we never had it sorted at all, that we learn that we're not in control. And so we are discovering that we need fresh help so can I encourage us to, I don't know, whatever it looks like for you and me to exercise some humility. Say, so, okay, I'm going to go and search out this God. I'm going to search for the truth. And lastly in Jerusalem, we learn something that is still true today, that Jesus is a threat to the status quo. When King Herod heard this, the wise men, he was disturbed, we read, and all Jerusalem with him. The Christmas the Christmas story is about the way in which Jesus turns our world upside down or some might say turns our world downside up. The background of course is that this is Jewish country in Israel but is occupied by the Romans, it's part of the Roman Empire, there's Roman power all over the place, King Herod been the Roman kind of governor in charge if you like 
Um, and there would have been Jewish collaboration. Some of the educated Jewish people would have collaborated with King Herod, with the Romans, partly for an easy life, partly because they would have got financial gain for it, partly because they would have given some status and position. So there's a kind of status quo that's going on here. And maybe those Jewish people have forgotten their call as they get in bed, so to speak, with the Romans. Maybe they've forgotten who, you know, their vocation under God to serve the living God, to love him with all their heart, soul, mind, and to love everybody else too. But, you know, so too today, there will be those forces, people, opinions around us that when we come looking for Jesus, or we mention that we listen to something online about God, or we buy a Bible, or whatever it might be, likelihood is that somebody around us will knowingly or unknowingly seek to drag us back. Drag us back to the person that they know and that they feel secure with. In under threat, when we begin to discover Jesus, when we look for God, when we begin to search spiritually, if you like, will be our reputation, our sense of being cool, accepted or not. There'll be peer pressure. We may feel fragile. There may be quite anti-God, anti-religion culture in our family or in our workplace, amongst our friends or group or whatever it might be. Um, you know, often other people's criticism, taking the mick out of us, will be based, and I say this respectively, on their own fear and ignorance. Because that's what Jesus does. He comes along and when we discover his love, one, he says that we are completely lovable, that we haven't got to achieve anything to receive the best life that he has for us. That can be a threat to us and we feel that we are achievers that we're the ones who know how to get on top, know how to win through. You know, it's quite something to be able to tell, actually, you don't need to do that stuff necessarily. You're just loved as you are. So there may be also, we may be fearful of that, of losing control of our lives. And other people may criticise out of that fear, and they may criticise out of ignorance, because many people just don't know about this God that we Christians believe in. Sometimes over the years, what I've said to people is, tell me about the God that you don't believe in. And the likelihood is they tell us about the God they don't believe in, that we, or I may say, I don't believe in that God also either. But let me tell you about the God that I and Christians do believe in. Ah, now we're getting onto something. So, I always remember my dad used to tell a story of crabs in a bucket. And he always, you know, my dad was a real achiever, if you like, but, um, uh, but he'd say about crabs in a bucket, and one crab would try to be sort of getting out of the bucket but the other crabs would pull it back down. Sometimes it's like that when we go on this journey, like that with all of our New Year's resolutions into this year, there'll be something to pull us back and it will take some grit, some determination from us uh, to, to stick with it. And I, you'll have all my encouragement. So um, for those of us who do have a belief in God, who are on this journey uh, of living life with Jesus and for Jesus, we're still on that search as well. But for those of us that would consider ourselves wanting to be followers of Jesus in 2021, this story does flag up a vital role for us this year. But I'm going to come to that in just a moment. Lastly, having thought about the star in the East and the wise men from the East and God being for everybody out there, we came to Jerusalem and we thought about how God still gives us a fresh sign there because we might run out of energy, we might be lost, we might think we've arrived but we haven't yet. The star will arise again. Now we come to Bethlehem. He sent them, did Herod, to Bethlehem. Verse 8 of Matthew chapter 2. 
and said, go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. Yep, we heard that bit a moment ago. And then it continues. After they had heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen, when it rose, went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary. And they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. So what do we learn in Bethlehem about God then? We learn that God is willing to come to us, to his world and his search and rescue mission of love, humbly wrapped in human flesh as a baby. We learn that this Messiah here is revealed to the wider world. That's what Epiphany, this, which is this season uh, of uh, the Christmas story in, in the Christian tradition, it's called Epiphany, which means a revealing, an opening up, if you like. And we have the sense here that this Jesus here is open to the wider world. The wise men you know, represent all those that come from far away. But finding Jesus, the love of God, Jesus is for everyone. So this is an occasion then for them and for us, one of deep joy, of wonder and worship. And the star rises again. That's what it does from Jerusalem to Bethlehem, which, you know, brings them joy. They arrive, they see, they bow, they worship, they bring out their gifts, open up their treasures. And these are really expensive gifts as well, costly things that they give to Jesus. This is wonderful. So maybe we sense ourselves somehow with these magi, these wise men. Maybe we want that to be us, finding, discovering Jesus for us. And maybe that's what will be our goal for these next few weeks or months for this year. We're going to nail this Christianity thing. Maybe we toyed with it in the past. Maybe we did become part of a church family. We did read up some stuff. We did read the gospel in the Bible. And for one reason or another, we let it go again. But maybe this is the year for us to rediscover that journey of coming to Jesus. Maybe for some of us, it'll be just, we kind of realise it does kind of add up, but we've never quite made that decision to say, okay, Jesus, I'm kneeling before you and I'm going to worship you. I'm going to give my life to you because you gave your life to me. Maybe we've never just actually done that. And that's all that we need to do is kind of, you know, ink in something that was written in pencil, if you like. Maybe this is the year when we say, yes, Jesus, I'm yours. So they encounter Jesus. And what they then find out is that after that, they're going to be taking some new steps because they're going to travel home by different routes. That may be the same for us as well. When we give our lives to Christ, we discover all things in you. He gives us new purpose. He puts a new heart and love in our hearts. He gives us a new direction from here on in. Things won't be the same. So many of us, each of us who consider ourselves a Christian or follow Jesus, would tell how things change for us in one way or another. It doesn't mean that we all go off and become missionaries Africans, in Africa or anything like that. It just means that we have a new perception, a new way of seeing everything around us. Our work, our family, our relationships, our finances, our health. All those things we now see through a different lens. 
We see them as Jesus sees our lives, full of love, wanting the best for us. So these Magi come on their journey. And maybe we see ourselves this year finally kneeling with them and saying, Jesus, we are here for you. Wow, what a picture that must have been. So for those of us wondering what this year may hold for us, do go on that search for truth. Do look out for signs of God's presence and power and love in the world around you, in nature and when you're walking, when you're reading. Um, you know, think about how those maids are, yes, cross boundaries of language, culture and religion. You know, they weren't going to be boxed in as they sought the truth and, and neither must we. We may wonder what 2021 holds for us on its horizon. You know, we look forward to, you know, the vaccine becoming so widely available um, so that we get it wherever we might be on the, on the table. And I must say, we do want to pray that it becomes available to those poorer countries as well, which, you know, aren't right up there on the list and aren't able at the moment to be able to <clears throat> be given free access to how this drug is made and for it to be made locally in those countries. So we need to be praying for that as well. But it does give us some hope for this year. Um, but this story is an encouragement for us to open up to new thoughts, new perspectives as we go into 2021. So, and finally, and lastly, what I was going to say to those of us that might consider ourselves already firmly believers and apprentices of Jesus, this story does flag up one potential role. I wonder what you think about it. Although like any gospel story, we learn most from identifying from somebody in that story. So maybe we've identified with the wise men searching, finding, worshipping. Maybe we identify with Herod. You know, we're disturbed when you, we hear stories of Jesus, stories of faith. Another ruler who might be uh, 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 coming into our lives that we might lose control. Maybe we're like Jesus sometimes, changing, being part of seeing life's change forever. But maybe our vital role, brothers and sisters, in 2021 is to be like that star to live our lives in such a way that we point joyfully to somebody else that there's something about our lives be be living in good times or bad times that points that guides towards that greater reality that greater love that greater wholeness that future eternity which God promises us in Jesus, that great hope for all of us. Many people will be looking the other way, not caring about the fact that we're Christian. Yes, you know, not our issue. Not everyone will be searching around us in our families, our work colleagues and the places we go to, which isn't so many these days, I know. But for those that are, for those who are stuck in anxiety and darkness in this tier four time, those who are stuck in worry and lost without that smooth education path or ill or sick or breathed and lonely. For those who are lost without the hope of work or on furlough, you know, our role, though far from being perfect, and we are not, we are not perfect, we're not saying that we've arrived, our role is nevertheless to shine and showcase the light and love of Jesus, who is God with us. The focus isn't on us, somehow we guide you know, I don't know how God's going to do that for you and for me in all sorts of different ways. But somehow, as we shine like a star, we are to point the way to Jesus, who is God with us in 2021. I'm going to pray. Father God, we thank you for this story, this epiphany story of wise men leaving their place, 
leaving their home, getting to Jerusalem, getting to Bethlehem, kneeling and worshipping. Lord, we pray for all of us who are searching for hope and truth and meaning in 2021. Help us to find some safe spaces to be still. Help us to find some quality time, be it only 10 minutes a day, Lord, just to sit and be still, free of distractions, and to discover your presence. Give us, if we're searching, courage rather than fear. Help us to ask you, God, for help and to sit quietly, to walk, to discover somehow in signs around us and in your word, fresh hope. Dear God, be with those of us that might feel frightened or fearful about being a believer in you. We feel you'll turn our lives upside down. Help us to discover that you will give us more joy, not less. And dear God, lastly, for those of us that are already on this journey and have discovered the truth of your abundant life in all life circumstances, may we shine like that star that led those wise men into the truth. May our lives point to you, Jesus, and your love. Amen. Great to be with you today. Um, if you like the message, do point somebody else to, to look at it and do uh, keep an eye on our social media, on our website, on our Facebook group for exciting things that are going to be coming to help us grow in our faith and discover fresh hope in 2021. We have got some exciting plans, but we want to keep you on board. Um, so God bless you. And again, if you've watched for the first time and we can help with anything, do be in touch with us. Um, private message me. Um, on Facebook if you want. I can point you and signpost you and uh, God bless you all. Have a happy day and a wonderful blessed 2021. God bless everybody and look forward to seeing you if you're watching live on Zoom in a couple of minutes. Bye now!